Blog Talk Radio. Basically, 
uh, identified a man that had 23 personalities. And in the movie, uh, the actor James McAvoy did an amazing job of putting himself in the character and showing you nine different distinctive personalities in the movie and showing you what that entails. So one of the things that this particular disorder brings about is that it's caused by many complex factors. Now, it's likely caused by severe trauma endured during childhood, and it usually can have involved uh, extreme repetitive physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. Now, the individual who experiences a dissociation, um, it almost feels like a person is daydreaming. So, now the person gets lost in a moment while working on a project. Now, however, dissociative identity disorder is a severe form of dissociation. It's a mental process that produces a lack of connection in the person's thoughts, feelings, and actions. And they have a sense of identity that's very strong. So each identity that you've probably seen, there's a movie of a long time ago. It was called Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? And it talked about a lot of personality. Now, the dissociative identity disorder stems from a combination of factors, like we said, it includes trauma, um, abuse, and the, the person is utilizing a coping mechanism to dissociate themselves from that particular pain or violent experience that they're dealing with. So now, there's much debate out there if dissociative identity disorder, otherwise known as DID, is real or not. Now, after all, understanding the development of multiple personalities, as it once was called, um, is even difficult for some trained experts. Now, people are diagnosed uh, either in the International Classification 10 Index or are used uh, to diagnose this from DSM-5. Now, the person uh, is, that has this has a very similar trait like the borderline personality disorder. And it also is a byproduct of problems with the emotional relationships with others. Now, the uh, symptoms of this disorder are the following. There is a presence of two or more distinctive split personalities, hence the name of the movie Split. Now, this dissociative disorder also has the inability to recall key personal information that is too far-reaching for the core person to remember, and they forget, but their identity actually takes upon this role. So with the dissociative identity disorder, there are also highly distinctive memory variations which fluctuate with the person's split personality. So each personality takes on a different level that a person themselves will not be able to take on, and the they have an alter ego, alter personality that takes care of this. So their age could change. Like the movie had a part where the man was nine years old. And I think his name was Edward, but I can't remember his name right now. But he identified with that particular character, and that showed that he had more of his childhood memories encapsulated in that, in that person, in that personality. So, the alter ego or the alter personality, the different uh, identities can have 
their own age, sex, or race. Each has their own posture, gesture, and distinct way of talking. So a person may talk in a British accent, may talk in a girl voice, may talk in a different, uh, in identifying way. Now, as each personality reveals itself and controls the individual's behavior and thoughts, this is often known as switching. And it can take seconds to minutes or even days, and it's almost like the person um, is on another, is another person at that moment. So when a person's under hypnosis, the person differs or alters their identity uh, to be very responsive to the therapist's request. Now, uh, the, many people um, with this disorder, there's not too many of them. Uh, now, there's a difference between dissociative identity disorder, schizophrenia. Now, schizophrenia and dissociative identity disorder are often confused, but they are extremely different. Now, schizophrenia, as I mentioned in another broadcast, is a severe mental illness involving chronic or recurrent psychosis which is often characterized by mainly hearing and seeing things that aren't real or hallucinations, and thinking or believing things with no basis or delusion. Now, contrary to popular misconceptions, people with schizophrenia do not have multiple personalities, and delusions are the most common psychotic symptom in schizophrenia. Hallucinations, and particularly auditory hallucinations or hearing voices, are also apparent in about half to three-quarters of people with this illness. Now, suicide is a risk with both schizophrenia and dissociative identity disorder. Although patients with multiple personalities have a history of suicide attempts more often than other psychiatric patients. The other issues that I want to talk about, the dissociation changed the way a person experiences life. Now, there are several main ways in which the psychological processes of dissociative identity disorder can change the way a person experiences living, including the following. Now, there's depersonalization, which is a sense of being detached from one's body and is often referred to as an out-of-body experience. Derealization is the next one. This is a feeling that the world is not real or looks foggy or far away. Amnesia. This is a failure to recall significant personal information, and a person uh, is forgetful. There can be also what's called microamnesias, where the discussion engaged is not remembered or the concept of a meaningful conversation is forgotten from one second to the next. Now, there's identity confusion or identity alteration. Both of these involve a sense of confusion about who a person is, an example of identity confusion is when a person has trouble defining the things that interest them in life or their political or religious social viewpoints or their sexual orientation or their professional ambitions. In addition, these apparent alterations make the person have an experience of distortions in time, place, and situations. Now, what roles do the different personalities play with a person with these with this condition, a dissociative identity disorder. The distinctive personalities may serve diverse roles in helping the individual cope with life's dilemmas or conflicts. So, for instance, there's an average of two to four personalities present 
when the person or the patient is initially diagnosed. Then there's an average of 13 to 15 personalities that can become known over the course of treatment. Now, while unusual, there have been instances of people with dissociative identity disorder with more than 100 personalities. Now, there's environmental triggers or life events that can cause a sudden shift in, from one alter personality to another. Now, who gets dissociative identity disorder? Good question. While the causes of dissociative identity disorder are still vague, research has indicated that it's likely that a psychological response to interpersonal and environmental stressors, particularly during early childhood adolescence years, when an emotional neglect or abuse may have interfered with this person's personality development. And as many as 99% of individuals, as indicated, who develop associated disorders have recognized personal histories of recurring overpowering and often life-threatening disturbances at a sensitive development stage of childhood, usually prior to the age of nine. Now, dissociation may also happen when there has been persistent neglect or emotional abuse in that person's life, even when there has been no overt physical or sexual abuse. The findings of research show that families where parents are frightening and unpredictable, the children can therefore become dissociative in nature. Now, you may ask, how is dissociative identity disorder diagnosed? Well, I want to take a break right now, and I want to follow up with a great message by the woman that you've seen on the great show, The Big Bang Theory, Mayim Bialik. She has a special message from NAMI that I want you to listen to. And when we come back, I'll come back to talking to you about how is dissociative identity disorder diagnosed. And at the same time, if you'd like to call into the show, feel free to call me at 516-418-5979. That's again, 516-418-5979. Let's hear that message now from NAMI. Hi, my name is Mayim Bialik, and you probably know me from The Big Bang Theory, where I play neurobiologist Amy Farrah Fowler. Well, in real life, I'm actually a trained neuroscientist who spent seven years of my life working towards a PhD specializing in obsessive compulsive disorder. My research for my thesis confirmed a significant personal connection for me with OCD. OCD is real, as are anxiety, depression, and panic disorder. I know about those as well. I also know way too much about bipolar disorder, suicidal depression, and a host of other conditions I've come in close contact with in my life. But my interest and involvement in the world of mental illness didn't start in graduate school. I come from a family full of a phenomenal set of skills and also a tremendous amount of struggle. Many in my family have lived with mental illness without help or support. As hard as it is to live with a mental health condition and not get help, it's also hard to love someone with a mental health condition when we don't know how to help. As I left my parents' home and went out into the world, I learned that people who struggle with mental health conditions are to be found in every corner of the globe, in every racial and ethnic group, and from poor and rich families alike. No family is immune from mental health conditions, and it's a rare and blessed gift to be able to get help when you or a loved one need it. I've turned to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, as a resource for myself and those I love for years. NAMI is a nonprofit organization whose goal it is 
to provide support and information to those living with mental health conditions or loving someone who's living with a mental health condition. NAMI does this through support groups, my personal favorite, fundraisers, public service announcements aimed to remove the stigma from mental illness, advocacy, and helplines to give you support if you or a loved one need it. It's not easy to talk about mental health conditions, but I know too many people I love who did not get help in time. And that's why I've chosen to speak out with NAMI and spread the message that I am stigma-free and everyone deserves to get the help and support they need. And NAMI can help you do that. Please consider being a part of NAMI's mission. All right. We've heard from Niam Bayalik from Big Bang Theory. She's talking about a wonderful organization, National Alliance on Mental Illness. I've been talking about it for the last month. Um, it's a great organization. If you go to NAMI.org, if you or someone you know has a mental health condition and wants support and information, they are great. You can talk to them on the phone. Um, if you go to NAMI.org, you can get a wonderful amount of information from them. They are very, very helpful. The other organization that is great to find information about mental health conditions, as I've spoken about in the last month, is if you go to www.nimh.nih.gov, and that's the National Institute of Mental Health, they're also another great resource that you can find information about mental health conditions. Also, another uh, resource, if you can go to mayoclinic.org, and they give you a lot of information on mental health and also other health-related uh, topics. And the last one I have for you is one that's from the federal government, it's called SAMHSA, and it stands for Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. So their website is www.samhsa.gov. Let me say it one more time, www.samhsa.gov. That's a great uh, government website. They only give you mental health and substance abuse awareness materials. They have free materials, and they also have materials that you can also receive by just placing an order and paying for the shipping and handling costs. So if it's $9 or $6, that's all you pay for for what you get. Now, I've gotten a tremendous amount of resources for them, workbooks for people that I help because I help mental health and substance abuse uh, individuals in the jail, and that's something that I've gotten in the past and been able to utilize the services from that to help people with those conditions. Okay, so what an amazing woman, like I said. She is amazing in person more than her character, I believe. What a wonderful person. And knowing a little bit about her, I didn't know too much about that she had family members that had a mental health condition. So I just want to tell you a little bit about me. Uh, I've been in the field of mental health and substance abuse for the last 20 years. I currently am a part-time, I'm working part-time and working on my uh, business where I help people with their health and financial goals. So I give them an opportunity to help not only with their health issues, but also be able to make a part-time income. Now, in, throughout my whole entire life working with people with different disorders, I have never come across, unfortunately, the dissociative identity disorder. I've only seen it in movies and heard about it. Um, so there is a very, it's very rare that you find somebody that actually you'll find in the community that has it, but there are people that do. So it's not that it's not a real disorder. A lot of people had spoken about that. You know, even experts have a difficult time diagnosing it because sometimes people may be manipulative and they pretend that they have this disorder. But the therapist or the 
mental health professional will be able to identify a true person with a dissociative identity disorder. Because one of the things that they have to do when they go through and they examine the individual is they have to look for symptoms that are not only involved in the criteria for that particular disorder, but that they've observed it or been told that, you know, when the person reports to them that they've had it for six months or better. So a person that has, let's say, depression, bipolar disorder, they have to experience it six months or more on a consecutive consecutive, uh, level so that a person can be diagnosed. Because like I've said in other broadcasts, you can have personality disorder traits but not necessarily have a full-blown personality disorder. Because one of the factors that is represented in these different uh, conditions is the person has to have some problem with their functioning level with that condition. So if a person has a severe problem with functioning and dealing with traumas and things, they may have dissociative identity disorder, but they also may have maybe a personality disorder from what I spoke of last week, like borderline personality disorder. But they're very similar, but this is a more severe issue of that. So right now I want to talk about how to how, how is dissociative identity disorder diagnosed. So let's go into that in a little bit more depth. So making the diagnosis of dissociative identity disorder takes some time, and it's estimated that individuals with dissociative disorder have spent seven years in the mental health system prior to having an accurate diagnosis. And this is very common because the list of symptoms that cause a person with a dissociative disorder to seek treatment is very similar to those of many other psychiatric diagnoses, just like I said earlier. So, in fact, many people who have dissociative identity disorders also have coexisting diagnosis of borderline or other personality disorders. They may even have depression and even anxiety. Now, two or more distinctive identities have to be apparent or present when, it's, uh, when the person is being examined. Now, number two criteria is amnesia must occur, defined as gaps in the recall of everyday events, important personal information, and traumatic events occurring. Number three, the person must be distressed by the disorder or have trouble functioning in one or more major life areas because of this disorder. Number four criteria, the disturbance is not part of normal cultural or religious practice. Number, uh, the next one, number five, I believe it is. Yes, number five. The symptoms cannot be due to the direct psychological or physiological effects, such as, and then we also have effects of substance, such as blackouts or behavior during alcohol intoxication or drugs, or general medical conditions such as having seizures or partial seizures. Now, a question that some people have asked, at times, is there there famous people with dissociative identity disorder? Famous people with uh, dissociative identity disorder include retired NFL star Herschel Walker. Yes, Herschel Walker had dissociative identity disorder. When I heard about that many years ago, I was actually surprised. I didn't, you know, because you don't get to see the person, uh, like, in everyday living. So to hear about that, that was very interesting and intriguing. So he suffered this for many years and was treated for the past eight years. Now, Walker recently published a book about his struggles with dissociative identity disorder, along with his suicide attempts. As, as we said earlier, suicide attempts are very common in this condition. Um, 
Now, he also talked about in his book his feeling of disconnect from childhood to the professional leagues, which is very interesting. So to cope, he developed a tough personality that didn't feel loneliness, loneliness, one that was fearless and wanted to act out the anger that he was experiencing, where he was always suppressed. These authors could withstand the abuse he felt. Other authors came to help him rise to his national fame. Today, Walker realizes that these alternate personalities are part of his dissociative identity disorder, which was diagnosed in his adulthood. These are just some interesting tidbits I have for you today. I mean, it is amazing that this disorder is is actually there. I mean, now, one of the last things I want to talk about before we leave today is how common is this uh, disorder. Now, statistics have shown that the state of, the rate of dissociative identity disorder is 0.01% to 1% of the general population. So, like I said earlier, it's a very rare situation. Considering dissociation more broadly, more than a third of people, 33%, say they have they feel as if they are watching themselves in a movie at times. And that is possibly experiencing the phenomenon of dissociation. Now, um, population may have some form of undiagnosed dissociative disorder. So what's the recommended treatment plan for dissociative identity disorder? Well, there's no cure for it, and there is probably a need for long-term treatment, which is probably the most helpful way. Now, effective treatment includes talk therapy or what we call psychotherapy, hypnosis or hypnotherapy, and adjunctive therapy such as what we call movement therapy. There are no established medical treatments or medication treatments for dissociative dental disorder and making psychologically-based approaches the mainstay of therapy. Treatment of co-occurring disorders such as depression or substance use disorders is fundamental to the overall improvement of this disorder. So because the symptom of dissociative disorders often occur with other disorders along with it, such as anxiety and depression, which also makes a person may have um, suicidal thoughts, the medicines that treat those co-occurring problems present are sometimes used in addition to the psychotherapy. Okay, folks, I hope you really enjoyed the last four weeks of my lifting stigma about mental illness, and hopefully you got a broader perspective about what mental health conditions are I hope you enjoyed this particular program. Check out the wonderful movie Split with Mr. James McAvoy, who definitely should get an Academy Award in the future when that comes up. And if that movie doesn't come up for him getting the Academy Award for his acting, I don't know what will get an Academy Award. That guy was amazing. He blew me away. And I work in the mental health field, and he really you know, made me feel like he was the person that had this condition. So if you want any more further information, Feel free to go to all those websites that I told you about earlier. Uh, And also, if you want to check out this broadcast or if you could share this broadcast with all your friends, please do so. You can check me out on iTunes. I'm there at Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives, and also Stitcher Radio. You can find me on Getting Healthy Today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to shoot me an email, that's great, too, at vruiz at comcast.net. Again, vruiz at comcast.net. Next week is April 1st. It's April Fool's. This is not a joke. I'm definitely going to be uh, having a broadcast next week at 1130 to 12. We're going to be talking about cancer, and specific probably we're going to be talking about breast cancer. 
to uh, honor those people, and we have Relay for Life coming up in various parts of the country. So everybody have a great day. Please share this episode with all your friends and family. I hope you got value today. It's been great talking with you, and please check out uh, my future episodes. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you.